right, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we discuss uh, all the movies in DC Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. Today we're on Man of Steel. Uh, I'm Nathan. Uh, you can uh, find me on social media at No Clutch Nate, <laughs> and I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows, and I'm Travis, uh, part of Real Comic Heroes, and you can find us at Real Comic Heroes. And I'm Patrick, also on Real Comic Heroes, and everything Travis just said. <laughs> Sweet deal. Um, today on Man of Steel, we're going to be talking about minute number eighty-two, and that minute starts out with a uh, cow waking up. From the dream, you know, continuation of the end of, of yesterday's minute. Um, but then it's, it's. I think it's a little bit more obvious that, like, he's on a, a table, an operating table. Mm-hmm. Before we just saw him on the floor. He was just, you know, passed out face down. Anyway, <laughs> and it ends with uh, General Swanwick talking on the phone. Yep. It's, uh, Being an important guy. Northcom uh, finding out that two bogeys have left uh, the Black Zero. Um. I don't know about you guys, but I've always found like uh, Michael Shannon an interesting character, like just the actor himself. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and and I think it was this minute that I finally realized what's so. Um, there's always something about him that when I when he talks or something, I'm always like, what he he uh, he's, he's different different kind of guy, you know? Yeah. And I think I realized that uh, his bottom lip never moves when he talks. <laughs> never. Oh yeah. Never. And I think that I noticed that it's like the like it's like the Joaquin Phoenix thing where it's like there's a trait about a character and uh, an actor that you're like there's something weird about you. And I think then, Joaquin Phoenix has a cleft lip. Yeah. 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 You know, it's one of those things and you, and it's it's one of those things where you're like there's something weird about this actor that I like. Yeah. You know, and then it's it's, it's like oh, that's the thing. And it's, you know, Michael Shannon's bottom lip when he talks and never moves. Orson Krennic's mm. lisp. Yeah. yeah, Orson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ben Ben Mendelsohn? Yeah. Is uh yeah. Is uh yeah. So yeah, I don't know if it's like, like the muscles there don't want to move or something, but that's how he talks. So he's like, I well, really, I have this goatee for a reason. Yeah, I yeah. can't, I can't, it can't move. Flapping <laughs> my jaw. You got to get a good look at it every time. So I thought that was really interesting, and I uh, kind of explain it a lot now the way he talks and whatnot. So um, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, uh, this minute here is a. Hold on. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, this minute here. Um, like we this is where we start to get into um a lot of character for general zod um in in my opinion a little too late um but like maybe this is something we should have gotten before because it's not uh it's not bad to uh give a character like this this kind of dialogue in the beginning that way it's like all right understand like you're a little um headstrong about how you feel about things that's okay this doesn't mean you're a bad person so hearing this now it's like you're like okay he's a villain and then you're like wait this guy isn't just being an asshole maybe he just like wants it maybe he just thinks he's doing what he thinks is right so if we would have just heard that first we'd have been like okay like you're just you know like we kind of understand where you're coming from, but you know, you you we can't let you progress any further with your plan. So, um, I've I, w- I almost would have liked it if he said this before uh, the dream happened or the mind probe, because then we get to see like, all right, this is how far this guy's willing to go to do what he thinks is right. Whether like instead of vice versa, where it's like, um, he's being uh 
extremely oppressive and then he's like well you know this is just how i was programmed and like this is what i believe in and it's like well why are we just fighting about this now like um and again this goes back to the thing where it's like kal-el's like uh you know i can't uh what does he say like i can't can't be a part of this i can't be a part of this and you know like that would have made more sense having heard this first so that you get maybe if the last scene was supposed to like the intention was to give you doubt and to like make you think like what we were actually thinking where it's like hey um you know this is what clark's purpose is to be on planet earth so like maybe it was supposed to give you doubt but then after the dream sequence so like i'm saying i guess i disagree with you with how zod you know zod's explanation actually sets that actually sets it in stone that he's the villain that he's Mm. not going to stop it you know he'll stop at nothing to to see his goal so if you were supposed to have doubt you only had it for a couple seconds in that dream sequence and then it's already like all right well that's that's what's that, you know that world engine sequence that we just saw is actually what's going to happen so he's a bad guy now mm-hmm. yeah i've I've always had a tr- like a hard time pinning him down because i try to look at his point of view and yeah he's a military man uh genetically speaking <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's also desperate because you know there's only like what a handful of kryptonians left mm-hmm. and he's also got a belief in what he's doing so He's got three things that are not necessarily evil, but combined, I have sort of twisted this idea of saving a species and sort of twisted it into what we have now, which is not all that swell. (laughs) Yeah. So it's always been hard for me to hate Zod completely uh, because there's that piece that at the root of it, he's just trying to save his people. Yeah. And he's genetically coded to do that. Like that's his mission. And I... Apologies if that if that comes later. Um, I don't remember where that line was about his, you know, genetic. I don't know oh, I just, what he was bred I, for. Oh yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's so. to the, that's towards the end. Okay. But, oh, I was um, thinking the beginning, but that's when just, they were talking about um, how everyone's already set up to do a specific job. Yeah. So I didn't know it was yeah. that deeply ingrained. So I haven't watched past the, these minutes. So. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Um. Yeah. I, like they make it very easy for you to be like, all right, he's the villain. Um, the military background, the black suits. You know, the color black. You know, obviously yeah. the villain. Um, the world engine, the dream. Um, you know, just the way the character looks, the crazy armor that he's got on. Everything points to bad guy. Yeah. Um, but for a character who's just programmed to do what he thinks is right for. Uh, saving his planet um, like yes uh, well the only thing that I could say for certain is the reason to stop this guy is the fact that we know that saving Krypton would just lead to the same fate that it had before and it would lead to the same fate that uh, well planet earth would have to suffer the same fate because he would just be putting it back on track for destruction and so with that fact like we know that he has to be stopped because if he continues then earth will be destroyed just like krypton um to me that's the one thing where it's like you can clearly say like zod you're wrong let's not do this um normally like i would just be like you know if he's just trying to do what he thinks is right and we didn't know that this would lead to the destruction of earth or krypton or all that like there's an argument there saying that you know maybe he's not a bad guy um, you know, cause 
maybe he's just trying to live life his way. And, you know, we, um, I think me and Nate talked about it like the other day where it's like, sometimes in conflict, you can't e- like, you shouldn't easily be able to say, Hey, we're right. You're wrong. Like sometimes people just have a different way of living and, and you can't just because you think you're right. Doesn't mean the other person's wrong. Um, I think we talked about it last night where it's like in conflict and military conflict and all that, especially in war and whatnot, most of the time there is no right or wrong. There is no like, oh, we're the good guys or definitely the bad guys. The only war that we've had in our world history is World War II where we were like, yeah, clearly Germany's, you know, they're pretty bad people. So like it was like the only one, but like something like Vietnam conflict that we had in the 70s and the 60s, like that was like a time where you could have been like, actually, those people are just trying to live life a different way than us and we have no right to really impose anything and they have every right to fight for their land um and so maybe it's something like that but being that we know how things end that's to me the only way of saying yeah he's a bad guy well not a bad guy but like yeah you're wrong let's not do what you're trying to do um everything else like like just because he's a military guy and he's a kryptonian like at first it seems like a villain but he's just a guy trying to do what he thinks is right so I can't blame him for that. I just yeah. can only blame him because we know the we know the outcome. Blame so. the programming, not the man. <laughs> blame the programming, not the man. <laughs> to be fair to Zod, That's their poster. I don't think he destroyed Krypton as much as the old people in the gold uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the law council? Yeah, they yeah. were all torn apart from, yeah. so, from the get-go. I mean, I'm not saying he'd do a bang-up job because he sounds very uh, Hitler-esque with his bloodline uh, talk. That's but uh, I'm not saying it would go great, but I mean, who's to say what the heck would happen? It would probably be a race of like super warriors or something. Let's give them a chance. <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> What's the worst that yeah. could happen? Yeah, <laughs> and it would be interesting because um, I think like going into this movie, you assume that the, the threat is you know Kryptonians taking over Earth, and you know I I, I think the surprise threat is the the whole terraforming and the idea that they will convert Earth to more, you know, actually destroy Earth to rebuild Krypton. Um, but it would be interesting to, you know, if the, th- I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this. I lost my train of thought. But, um, <laughs> no, it's not, uh, just it's the idea that, you know. As a human, he sucks. But. Yeah, but <laughs> it'd be interesting, like, seeing a, a race of Kryptonians led by Zod, you know, ruling the Earth. Um, yeah, it makes me think of uh, Khan from yeah. Wrath of Khan. Yeah, yeah. Like he's there the... was what is it? More recently, there was um, that third installment of uh, the Dark Knight Returns kind of deal. There was like a oh, cult the Master of Race, radical Kryptonians. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Kandorians. There was that. Yeah, they were all the Kandorians. They were from the Shrunken City and all that stuff. I remember hmm. Ray Palmer. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, like he got crushed, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> see like the the thing that makes them like what makes their plan so evil is the fact that they are coming to earth viewing humans as inferior and then trying to wipe them out so that kryptonians can flourish yeah Yeah. that is like clear-cut like all right please (laughs) don't do that because that's not okay that's a it's Um, a clear violation of the prime directive yeah Uh, it really is and it's like you know like either figure out a way to live together 
and uh, like reach an agreement um, or like let Cal help you guys find a planet where you can live on that's not going to be imposing I was on just anyone else. That, yeah, would have been interesting um, to settle it. Yeah, by finding another inhabitable planet for Kryptonians. You know, don't they have go live blood? on the moon? Yeah, or, go uh, go colonize Earth. Uh, I mean Mars. I'm sorry, Mars. <laughs> No one's using that. I want you guys to live there. Yeah. And we'll what if be like, their knowledge was like, okay, there are Martians there? Well, no, because then they Oh, wouldn't. yeah. Would well, they be like, yeah, no, Mars no, is no, taken. No. If they, they didn't even know, if the, like Jordan, the first time seeing Earth was right at the beginning of this movie, it's not like they were like looking on our solar system to begin with. But hey, I don't know. Mm. If they're terraforming something, like, do you necessarily need it to be like a Goldilocks planet and then you're just right. going to completely change it to make it up to like what Krypton Then it's was? not a Goldilocks. Exactly. So like why couldn't they go to like, you know, like what you said, why couldn't they go to Mars? They're going to terraform it anyway. That just, in my opinion, that just seems like they're changing the atmosphere so yeah. that they're not all superpowers. It's actually going to like dampen the sun's rays and stuff. You know, dampen. It's the, like the, the when you conditions. go to a public bathroom and there's like <laughs> ten urinals and you're using one, and then the guy chooses to like stand next to the, right next to you when there's like nine other ones to choose from, and you're like, why do you have to be right next to me? That asshole. Why can't you just use the one over there? <laughs> and it's like, so I mean, that's the only way I can explain. That's it. how you're explaining it. Yeah, I was just saying like why. I mean. Nice. <laughs> I enjoy that analogy. I don't, yeah. That's perfect. Is it just because they... What's the explanation, though? Just because they chose to? Like, it's just like, hey, well, I guess. I mean, they just do it despite you. I, I don't Is know. I think it was convenience. Make I you think, feel uncomfortable. I think they were like, oh, Cal is here with the Codex. And this is a nice planet. I think we'll yeah. take it. They got beaches. They got beaches. <laughs> Honey, they have beaches. Yeah, but those beaches would go away with the terraforming, wouldn't they? I think so. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, why couldn't... Like, if it's going to end up looking like what Krypton looked like. I mean, that's what's thousands of years of, like, We don't know what Krypton looked it. like, yeah. Shouldn't they have picked uh, a planet by a red sun if they really wanted to not deal with superpowers? I don't think they... Yeah, I, th- I, uh, yeah. I, 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 I feel like that was what, like, the old... That, exp- yeah. 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 Like maybe like the the older expert explorers like were only going around like Ren Sun like like Kara wasn't supposed to land on the yellow sun. You know what they like should have done? Crash. They should have been, and it's going to sound weird, but they should have been terraforming the sun, not the planet. On the sun, they should have been changing the sun. But well, that would be sun. really weird. Yeah, aging yeah. the sun so it's not uh, as young and powerful. It terraforms a whole there. galaxy. Yeah, but then like. I wonder if like that's like a thing. Like they got to make like a like a giant sun bomb. But what <laughs> well, if they put su- too much? Like, they just feed it more it. energy. They'll need a sun. They just engine. feed it. Oh man! Do they feed yeah. it more energy, or do they take more energy away from it? They'd have to, to take it, it away to age it. I would assume. Yeah, I would Although, think so. Unless they wanted to, yeah, keep it at like that perfect level where like they have to put energy to it and yeah. then take it away. I don't know. That's like a you know they're making jobs. Make Krypton great again. They're yeah, making yeah, jobs yeah. for people. <laughs> Build a sun engine. <laughs> Offshore drilling. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a uh, no. I'm just trying to think here. Um, the the sun on near Krypton, it, it's a red sun. Its name is Rao, just like the god Rao that they kind of yeah. um, they worship. Yeah. Worship. So I could see a case for that being like if they weren't trying to terraform Earth. I mean, it's not as exciting because the danger is not on the same planet. You know, it's on the sun this time. So yeah. instead of making a totem pole, they just like totem pole the Earth, and they like say, <laughs> "Hey, well, this is an Earth. We gotta." 
we got to make it more like our deity. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, it could be, like, a very religious thing that they're trying to do if they're like, we need to uh, resurrect Rao, and that's their way of saying we need to turn this sun into our god Rao again. It's like making a palm font into a cross, but on a global scale. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I was going to say it's like... Um, you know, in like the mummy with like they get uh, what's her name, the doctor, the librarian, and then they try to like turn her into a Noxuna moon. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, that's they're like, so we need to resurrect our God. And they're like, so we need to take this son and we need to turn it back into Rao so that he can live again. And that's the way they terraform the sun, which terraforms the planets around them. That's cool. I yeah, like that, that would be interesting if they would have gone the religious zealot route with Zod instead of just the, you know, military... If Zod was a priest. Well, or just a <laughs> highly religious uh, yeah. military you know, sure. guy. I think that guy in that, that, that third Dark Knight thing, the that guy was like, it was a cult, I guess, okay. of, of Kryptonians. So I'm only I like know if two, it was really... two episodes into that one, or two issues into that one. Yeah, I, I can't remember... Um, I feel I don't I don't remember which one I haven't finished it I, yeah. I never finished it I don't finish things um, but I can't remember if he was like a super religious cult leader or if it was just like you know cult of oh Kryptonians are great is <laughs> 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 that the club that they all join I think that's Kryptonians are great Kryptonians are sounds great. like one of those like really like it's um, like they got like a really cheesy it's just like a like a bed sheet that was torn in half with like really. <laughs> Left hand. Someone did the hand. banner on like Microsoft Paint, <laughs> or just like hand painted it. Yeah, it's like still got like the paint dripping. I yeah. like that. That's good. They misspelled. Are great. Misspelled great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's G R A T E. That's a man. Um, that's like oh, that's so depressing. Like Kryptonian. What is it? like um. What, kind of, what do they call that? Bad graphite is depressing. <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Support groups. Kryptonian support groups. That's good. That's sad. That needs to yeah. be a... Yeah. Make make that a thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, here we get... Moving on with what Zod <laughs> says in this minute. Um, General Zod is talking about, uh, you know, his relationship with Jor-El. Um, and basically, very subtly tells Kal-El that... Uh, that Jor-El died in, in battle trying to, uh, I don't know, fight. For, I, don't, I don't know how Cal puts this two and two together here, but he's like, yeah. Uh, so he's like, you killed my father? And he's like, I did. Um, <laughs> and he's like, not a day goes by that it doesn't haunt me, uh, which you think at first maybe he's talking about like their friendship. Like, oh, like, you know, Jor-El was a good friend of mine. Um, but then I was thinking, is that really the case? Or is he just saying... The fact that I had to kill another Kryptonian pains me. Yeah, I think that's, I think yeah. just when you said that, that kind of clicked in. I think that's what he means, you know, killing a Kryptonian. It's like the three laws of robotics. Like, you know, their prime, uh, you know, number one law is you don't kill another Kryptonian, I think. Or, you know, so maybe yeah. it's, and, yeah. and it goes against his programming of trying to preserve Kryptonian life. So, yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. And that's I mean, true, I think when yeah. when he does kill Jor-El, like they they talk about like being friends, being old friends, or something like that, something to that effect. So I guess yeah. combination um, of both. There was also like Dev M committed murder, and that was like the first murder that they had in like centuries. Mm. So you know, it, it, this was like, oh, you know, uh, 
Zod's attack, obviously, there were Kryptonians that, like, mm-hmm. you know, people part of, like, the, what were they, the Sapphire Guard probably died, you know, in the battle. So, like, you know, that's, like, murder times 10, I guess, if, like, this, if the battle was so big. But then, like, again, like, you know, Dev M was just sentenced to just be a slave on, a, like, a worker ship, whereas, like, hey, we're going to send you to, like, solitary confinement so you can think about what you did. And like be reminded, what is it? What do we say? Somatic reconditioning. They have to go through Somatic their programming re- yeah. again. So like to, that's yeah. like probably painful, like Clockwork Orange kind of kind of deal. And it like, uninstalls the programming, then reinstalls it to make sure that it's working. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and then it goes through like they three obviously reboots. didn't go through their cycles of that because it it seemed like it you know once they got up into the ship like it kind of blew up you know the next day or something like that. Mm-hmm. So so like maybe. Zod just got like the introduction where it's like this is your purpose and like it tells him so he's like oh when he wakes up he's like oh yeah I get my purpose but he never got the he was never able to like maybe that's... be able to like get uh, what is it feel better about killing another Kryptonian is that why again, it hasn't happened in centuries is that why the Black Zero is like right next to Krypton when Krypton explodes because it didn't get that far before the planet exploded and freed them is that why they're so close well I don't think it was like going to just float around in the phantom zone like all willy-nilly i think it's just like it you know puts it in the same exact place like the same mm-hmm. space that it's occupying you know it's just different dimension yeah string theory crap you know yeah it's hmm. not crap no it's <laughs> not, no, it's good crap it's good string theory <laughs> stuff it's good crap <laughs> that getting to like the whole like because we talked about um with uh the lord of the rings minute people that like so like when Krypton does explode in Feora's season, she like sheds a tear. She's like very heartbroken about it. Like we we um talked about whether or not like that's her actual feelings on it, or is she programmed to feel sad that Krypton died. Um, and so like going here where uh, General Zaz talking about like it haunts me that I had to kill another Kryptonian. Like is that programming as well, or like and then like so the battle that they had on Krypton, like the battle of Kandor in the very beginning of the film is you think like when all those Kryptonians are killing other Kryptonians, like every time they kill another one, they're like, Oh, I feel so sad. Like, <laughs> not, like every, t- it's like Canadians fighting or something. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. It's like, it's like, sorry. It's like, Oh no, I'm so sorry, but I have to do this. Yeah. And then they feel bad about it every time they do it. I imagine so. it's more like a, you, you mourn your losses later, you know, in the moment you do what the what whatever your your duty is and then you you know oh, now I'm shed your tears later great. yeah it seems just all very robotic it's like <laughs> let me just kill this guy and then when i get yeah. back to my my yeah. bed it's like oh what did i do process <laughs> it later yeah, yeah exactly military programming would let you deal with killing <laughs> yeah yeah they're probably but, oh yeah i'm sure he yeah. does but then i Maybe guess it's it just is, like, kryptonian does, killing yeah. or something i don't know yeah i think it is i think i think like they had the program somewhere down the line where it was like hey all right we're serious this time guys don't <laughs> murder kryptonians like come on <laughs> like maybe there was like you know a few hundred years ago uh, you know bef- before well that yeah because like they were a little bit more uh what did they get what did, there was something said something about like them i think it was in reference to dev m where it's like after dev m like they started changing everybody to be a little bit more obedient nicer something like that because they're allowed to change those things mm. change those programmings and dev m was you know the artificial program uh, the artificial ago, reproduction <laughs> yeah I had a question yeah. that um, I know they're not Voice, supposed to yeah. be making babies uh, the old-fashioned way. 
So uh-huh. was this done like uh, test tube style? Because I'm assuming they're all infertile or something. Like, how does Clark get born? Like, I mean, they say natural birth, so I guess we're just assumed that it's through. So they can, the, you know, the good old black and white classic way of, you know. So that's just poor design they, if they didn't make love them sterile. Mm, yeah, that's that's a good point. I, this is like Jurassic Park. Yeah, nature finds a way. Yeah, it no. Yeah, it's you're right. True. Unless you're, like Jordan like came up with some something to like. Well, and they could have no, some serum. Well, <laughs> Jorel could have, you know, done, you know, basically did what in vitro fertilization, mm-hmm. and then just implanted that fertilized egg into uh, Lara. You know, so uh, maybe he wasn't conceived the old-fashioned old babe, yeah. but maybe he was. Yeah. You know, maybe she gave birth the old-fashioned way. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right about you know nature finds a way because that's basically what this whole movie is kind of about is the fact that krypton is devoid of nature now and that's why it fails as a society um and nature does find a way and i so when did the dinosaurs come into this movie yeah they (laughs) they were in the (laughs) in the opening uh, battle (laughs) yeah didn't you see those flying guys with four wings and whatever Um, dragonfly dinosaur yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, I think they were, they are born sterile, like they can't reproduce, like they made that so that they can't do it. And I think Jor-El and Lara, either through trying and trying again, or, you know, like Jor-El taking a quick few gynecologist lessons and being like, all right, Laura, I'm putting you in stirrups <laughs> and we're going to figure this out. Like, and like this, like they like, figure, like, I don't know, but like, nature found a way and then they yeah. were able to have a kid. And I think. Uh, as simple as it sounds, I think it's still very powerful when you, when you're talking about uh, the I don't know the fuck the magic of nature. It's just like you know, nature has a will, and you can try to suppress it as long as possible, but it's only gonna like hurt you even more in the end when nature decides to to lash back. So um, yeah, I think they, I think they are born sterile, and then they they find a way, or they found a way to you know, have Clark as a child or Cal L. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we got off track on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, we're all, I think this whole minute is just talking about Kryptonian programming. Yeah. Cause it's basically yeah. what we get in this minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, w- did you guys, have any, um, how'd you guys feel about, uh, Clark's reaction to the news that he killed his father? Cause it didn't seem like he was all that upset. And I know he just, yeah, the I hologram dad, but I, <laughs> I didn't write weird. anything down. Yeah, I don't I know just, why. Like I like just you saying it just then reminded me of like, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess this is like when he actually learns the truth of what happened. Yeah. And I don't know why, but when I watched it, like I got no, like I didn't even write anything down. Where it's yeah. like, oh yeah, his reaction there was there a reaction? Uh, um, he just sort of stares at him. Yeah, I like that they down <laughs> downplay the you know that whole moment. I I yeah. don't I wouldn't want a big you know. Empire Strikes Back, you yeah. killed my father moment. That's it that wouldn't can't be true. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't fit here, you know. Yeah. Um so I actually oh, yeah, no. I like the real subtle reaction of Clark just you can kind of read it on his face a little bit. He's disappointed is not the right word, but you know. Um, maybe it's a He doesn't story. really know his father. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's no huge you know big connection there so maybe it's just like his stoic upbringing in kansas that keeps his emotions locked in or something it's probably more disappointing to you know there's yet one yet another 
connection to his people that he will never have. You know, that's probably yeah. the, what hurts the most or is the most uh, upsetting. Because he seemed pretty stoked when he told the uh, Ma Kent yeah. that he found out about his about space his people. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It was just, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Something I noticed. He he knows his dad is dead already. Yeah. And then he just finds out that General Zod killed him. Yeah. Um, So he's just like, oh, like you killed him? I mean, I like the pause between you and then killed my father i like that pause it's a nice dramatic pause and i like it it, the only thing that i have an issue with is the fact that that dream was about general zod saying like yo you like your father and i only agreed on one thing was krypton was dying and like this is why your father sent you here to like help save krypton again and then he's like oh by the way i killed your father because we didn't agree and it's like, well, what, what do you agree or not? Like, what are you guys, <laughs> you guys friends? Are you guys are, like, are you lying to me? Like, what's going on here? Like, you just told me that this is why I'm sent here, but then you killed my dad for what? I don't know. It just seems like it's a little contradictory where it's like, I don't know what General Zod's trying to say. And then versus what he did, he's just kind of like, I don't know. It just seems a little confusing. Yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to build um, tension for later on in the movie, you know, that yeah. Clark's going to, like, think about this throughout the mm-hmm. rest of the film. And maybe that leads yeah. to, you know, later battles and stuff. I don't know. Just a seed mm-hmm. that's planted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we'll see. just <laughs> hasn't come out. But um, it's there's also kind of like a question, you know, when when Clark is seeing the Liquid Geo PowerPoint presentation in the – in the ship when he meets yeah. uh, or meets uh, Jor-El, why not take that moment to say, "Oh, by the way, he killed me." You know, just just heads up, like that guy. He was he was a dick and he killed me. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, Krypton did kill him because Zod is a cog of Krypton. So an, an extension really, of Krypton. To, okay, you're trying to play he did. more into that non <laughs> he died on he died because of krypton because an extension of krypton killed yeah. him from yeah, a certain point of view <laughs> there yeah, you go that's just yeah. you're just trying to make it sound fancy of a, <laughs> a fancy way of saying that yeah there you go no i don't buy it <laughs> um did you guys have anything else about just their conversation um uh, because this is pretty much the only the the last bit of zod that we get um i had some notes oh, yeah. about, about him and just the you know michael shannon um, he's definitely the best on-screen Zod I think we've we've ever had. I I I like his portrayal way more than Terrence Stamp and you know either of the the first two Superman because to me Terrence Stamp just played that Zod as very bored, which kind of makes yeah. sense. I mean he's <clears throat> there was no challenge until Superman arrived. Um, yeah, that but, was like the character that yeah that was Terrence Stamp's character. Yeah, where he was like the ultimate fighter, like you know Cell. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z kind of deal. <laughs> um, I, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I was a I'll little disappointed. Like, <clears throat> sorry, uh, leading up to this movie, uh, obviously pre-production and all that, when they announced that that they were going to have Zod as the main villain again, I was kind of disappointed because you know I never was a huge Zod fan. Um, yeah, so I was kind of hoping more for a Brainiac or you know, Metallo, Parasite, one of the other, like, classic Superman villains. Um, but now, like, seeing the movie and, and definitely following along with you guys and breaking it down and all that, like, I 
Zod makes sense for a, a first movie villain because he has that direct connection to Krypton and Clark's people and, and all that. So, yeah. you know, Zod makes sense as a villain for the, you know, for your first mo- time out. But, um, yeah. So it, I think, it, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I was going to say like, oh, sorry. Go, oh, go no, I was just going to wrap it up by, you know, Michael Shannon definitely wins me over as far as Zod goes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like the whole like addition of ha- having him here. I think a lot of people there's cons- there's always like you know the internet argument where it's like, oh, they didn't know it was going to be an expanded universe. Oh, they didn't do. Right. It. I feel like they left it open ended enough where it's like they can introduce. Yes, he's from Krypton. Yes, it's like you know Superman's background, but it also very subtly puts the thought into your mind of you know other life in the universe. You know, there's other existence in there, which I think. I and mean, we've said it before, I think it's going to play towards, like, a Brainiac side. I yeah. hope that it plays to a Brainiac side. Me too. Or even if it just, like, plays to, like, you know, people understanding that Apocalypse is, like, you know, another planet that has life and it's not just, like, a a, a machine or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, it, it sets in stone alien-esque, which I really like after watching this movie minute by minute. I never really actually paid attention yeah. to the whole alien aspect, which is weird because every time in comic books, like especially more recently, they do play a lot towards, like, you know, they, they play the alien card a lot, which is, I like it a lot now. It's not yeah. just, like, me thinking that, you know, this is just some random dude that has super strength that can fly. Yeah, I, I like so. that um, they treat Kryptonians as such a valuable thing to have so that they can bring in either Brainiac or uh, Darkseid or, you know... Someone that like, wants to take Yeah, that someone power. that's like, yeah. yo... There's only a few Kryptonians left, but they're so valuable to have. Like, mm-hmm. I need those. Like, I want those Kryptonians because they're such powerful beings and they're so, like, advanced. Like, they're a treasure to have as a either a slave or a collection or something like that. So, I really like that. And uh, going on what you guys said about uh, General Zod, you know, being a good first movie villain, um, I think it's really nice i think it's really important for lex luther to be a sequel villain because yeah. he represents like earth's reaction yeah. and that's because like if you had yeah. superman as like in his first film and lex luther was a villain it doesn't make sense so- it doesn't make sense to me because there's not enough time for humans to be like oh superman exists oh like it's too this. grounded yeah, completely, like it would yeah. have you'd have to speed things up so much for lex luther to develop into a villain who says i don't like that this guy makes me feel inferior. So right. I have a problem with it. And to do that in the first film just seems so forced and like, okay, we have to get to a point where like humans don't like Superman. Yeah. And it's like, you can't do that in one film. You need something ha- to happen. And then you need people like Batman and Lex Luthor to be like, I'm not okay with feeling inferior. I need to do something about this Superman. Yeah. And then that makes sense. So I think it's really important. Um, I guess I'm saying like, I, I would have anyone as a Superman villain in the first film as long as it's not Lex Luthor because it doesn't make sense. I, I, yeah, I completely so, agree. Yeah, it works. Yeah. It kind of works in the you know first Superman movie just because you get that montage um, of Superman fighting crime, stopping you know bank robberies and whatnot. So there, there's a passage of time, like you said, that sets up his arrival and then his introduction and you know, and then your villain. So. But yeah, I'm yeah. glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they didn't do that here. That's a yeah. Lex Luthor wouldn't have worked in this movie. It would have just felt like another Superman movie. So 
mm-hmm. just very hashed out and everything. Yeah. yeah. And um, what you said with General Zod being like, like the way they portrayed General Zod here is like a really dynamic character with Michael Shannon's performance. I think that might have come like towards like the, I want to say like the 80, mm, late 80s, early 90s is when we started to see villains with like an actual character to them. Like, I want to say, like, Die Hard. Really, for Batman villains, it was um, Mr. Freeze in, in the Batman animated series. Oh, yeah. Where it was, what is it called? Like, a frozen heart or something? Yeah, a heart, heart of heart ice. Of ice. Yes. <clears throat> That's when they, they decided, like, you know, these villains aren't so bad. They just right. come from bad places. And uh, I think, you know, before that, you know, the General Zod that we got in Superman films with uh, Dick Donner films, like, they were, you know, like, you are the villain, be a villain. And they were like, all right, I am a villain. And yeah. no one really, and, and then it's not until, like, Heart of Ice and, and the Die Hard film and, uh, like, um, Batman Returns where, like, even the Penguin is just comes from a bad place. And they're like, yeah. you know, you're not a bad guy, but you just, you know, you had issues and now you're a bad person. And so now we get characters nowadays. And, like, in all superhero films, really, and a lot of films in general, um, but you get super villains that they just you know come from bad places like loki um yeah bat batman and dawn of justice yeah. uh so like yeah i can see uh i can see where where it started to turn around where people were like no these characters need to be characters they can't just be facades right so yeah that's that's a good point mm-hmm. um Moving on, I guess. Right? Are we done talking about Zod here, or I'm I'm yep, good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. good. Yeah, I just didn't want to skip. It was a good. It's no, a good yeah. uh, moment for him. Um, but I, like, I mean, there's not. not I'm sorry. No, um, I, yeah. Jeez. I was just gonna I say, gonna I, say, I say appreci- that- <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, all I wanted to say was I appreciate that, like the first half of this minute is almost solid you know zod dialogue and zod performance so i i like just getting that that's cool yeah no i i 100 agree um from this point on there are just two attack ships that leave the kryptonian ship um which the most that i got out of it was that it's a really nice tracking shot that they do with the attack ships uh leaving the ship uh, heading towards uh, Earth's stratosphere, and uh, there's like a really nice panning shot, and then it zooms in almost like that documentary feel yeah. that we've been seeing yeah. a lot lately. So it's very um, Snyder-esque, you know, way of directing. Um, but besides that, there's just we we cut to Northcom. They get about twelve, thirteen seconds of uh, screen time here in this minute. But honestly, it's just military jargon and yeah just kind of explaining stuff it's it's really nothing that you take away and you go like okay like there's something to take out of here it's just really like they're just talking about the attack ships and throwing around military jargon (laughs) like oh it's two bogeys the left attack ship like bring it up on the screen and then he's like oh there it is and it's like the two attack ships on like like the lock-on symbols and it's like okay we got it (laughs) um i guess it's really not I do think that Zack Snyder is, he is able, I, I understand exactly what you mean. There's not a lot to really here to dissect, but I like how real it feels um, as far as cinematic uh, military command center type uh, scenes are shown. And I, 
actually would compare it to like a Michael Bay Transformers. You know, he is really good at shooting yeah. the military and showing them, you know, very uh, you know, good at their jobs and, you know, efficient yeah. and... Uh, I was going to say it reminded me of Armageddon. Okay, like yeah. The look yeah. of the military I was, scene. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. Now, at what point does all that become propaganda? Um... Definitely, like in the <laughs> in the Transformers movies, like when it's just you know hero shots of the planes and and them gearing yeah. up and all that. Yeah, it's a little like jingoistic, you know. Um, yeah. But here, here I appreciate it. It's not you know you're not being it's not being crammed down your throat that. Yeah. So. But uh, there is. I don't a, mind the propaganda. No. Yeah. There's a part in this that threw me off. Um, I was looking in the background. And behind general word of the day, uh, there's like this LED <laughs> sign that says classified. Oh, I saw that too. Like a poster <laughs> yeah. underneath. And I was like, yeah. what, what the hell is that? It's classified. Why are you... All right, you take all the classified files and just pin them up on the wall. Yeah. Room every day. No one's allowed to look here. Like, what the hell is that? It's like we're just missing the idea that Northcom is just an office job where they just have to go and they put right. their big leads up on the board. It's like, what are we tackling today, boys? <laughs> yeah, it just caught my attention yeah. i was like why would you advertise classified on the wall yeah. with a giant <laughs> that's, that's LED maybe like they they sell with the same place that they sell the uh the angry printer screen oh yeah, yeah. They also sell the, the led classified yeah. sign there needs to be a <laughs> movie props electronics store <laughs> i'm like that's got, what it looks like yeah i got the gist it is a classified base you yeah, yeah. This. literally yeah. spell it out for me in the movie <laughs> Can we can it's, we buy that? It's sign? one of those like LED signboards that you buy at like Spencer's, and they're like you can write any message yeah. you want on there. <laughs> there but go. instead instead of writing, uh, "This is Jason's room. Get out of my room, mom." <laughs> and then it like it just like scrolls every so often. It says that, and then they, instead they just typed in "classify." And they're like, "All right, just pin that up." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what they did. <laughs> I don't know. I, I notice um. weird crap like that all the time in the background. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely. There's a lot going on. As in that far movie. as military propaganda, yeah, in- Independence Day <laughs> is mm-hmm. like because it's like a a, a, catas- a catastrophe for the whole world, but it's all America. Yeah, Fourth of July yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's yeah. in the title. Mm. I always hear the uh, <laughs> uh, the theme from uh, Team America when I watch Independence Day. Oh yeah, see, oh god, but like, see, like I really liked. I, I really liked G.I. Joe growing up, especially oh, the, I mean, yeah, the comics. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. So, like, I was always okay with, like, that military propaganda, but, like, doing it in, like, the classic 80s, like, really cheesy G.I. Joe form, that's why I'm, I'm begging for another G.I. Joe movie. The nice. second one, phenomenal. I love that movie. The huh. first one, it's really, like, they were selling toys with that yeah. movie. And but, I bought the toys, so yeah. I, I paid right into it, you know? Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm okay with it. Second one, it. oh, my God, completely different movie. That movie was great. Give me another one. one, but, like, make it all 80s style. Hmm. Like, really cheesy, but yeah. G.I. Joe. Supposed to... October faction. Like, come on. Give me that. <laughs> Just give me that stuff. They were supposed to bridge that franchise with the Transformers one, I thought. Yeah. I think that would have been. Oh man, that would have loved perfect. that. Like Tom Sioli's run that just like happened, you know, last Transformers year. Like that. Transformers vs. GI Joe. One of the best comic series I've ever read in my entire life. Wow. And I don't know if that's just because of my my me growing up loving Transformers books and TV show, and you know, loving GI Joe and the TV show and stuff. I don't know if I'm super biased, 
or maybe I just love Tom Scioli, which his you know, his I do. Uh, and his art style, his is penciling, just yeah, yeah, his so penciling. He does is, like the Kirby sim- crayon, simple style. but yeah, effective. it's amazing. Yeah, but like that's what I want. If if, if we're going more military propaganda. What was it? At Sandcastle least, or whatever that new pedal one Pedal to the metal out? and drive right yeah. in. Give me more G.I. Joe. Give me more <laughs> nice. super cheesy G.I. Joe. Um, yeah. Welcome back to G.I. Joe. Beg <laughs> me to have another movie a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I got for this one. Yeah, I think I'm done. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sound good? Alrighty, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this minute. If you love what you hear, don't forget to leave us a great review on iTunes. We love reading those out over the podcast. And definitely check out everything that Travis and Patrick got going on on Real Comic Heroes. And uh, if you're looking for some other podcasts that are not very geeky, there is Stellar Dynamics. It's a Rush podcast. Uh, We have Honey Hold My Beer, which is just two gals who share craft beers and odd stories. And then we also have uh, Tarantino Minute under our belt now. So Nate and Mike are covering Reservoir Dogs right now. So if you want to hear the minute-by-minute format of Tarantino films, definitely check those out. And we'll check you guys out tomorrow on DC Cinematic Minute. 